0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Find more great shows or join the team at sport social.co.uk.
0: Welcome back to Mask R.C. Manchester United Tactical Podcast. I'm your host, Halo Robbani. Rob's face says it all. I'm sitting here. I'm frustrated, Rob. I'm disappointed. This is not what we want to be seeing. There's a lack of doing the basics correctly. There's a lack of desire. There's a lack of using this, your head. It is absolutely atrocious. Today was the worst we played this season. There's been some very, very bad performances. I'm seeing a lot of people going in on Ranić. Rob, this issue is bigger than Ralph Ranić. And we're seeing that now. We saw, obviously, under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, we're seeing that now. Before we do that, guys, make sure you get all your questions in. This is going to be a little bit of a therapy session. We're going to talk this out. We're going to really get to sort of the bottom of what is going on in Manchester United. I want to hear all your views and all your thoughts. Make sure you give us a follow-on at TF Masterclass. Give myself a follow-on at Hader underscore Barney. Give Rob a follow-on at underscore Rob underscore B. Rob, I bet you're happy you didn't go to Old Trafford today.
1: So happy. What a waste of time that would have been. You know, one of the things that I said about United over the last few months is that why should fans bother going to the stadium when these lot are not bothering turning up? So I think when you look at this, you know, like rightfully, in some ways, fans are going to go after the manager. Like this is the, the way of modern football, isn't it? That as soon as you lose, it's the manager's fault. No one really wants to talk about the players or they just talk about the players they don't like. So, you know, none of, no one can moan about McFred today. Why? Because there was no McFred. But Muck, the first part of that, he wasn't particularly good today, but I don't think, again, the performance and not scoring a goal is Scott McTominay's fault. I think the issue here is, is that whatever system you play, Ole Gunnar Stiles scores 4-2-3-1, Ralph Rangnick's 4-2-2-2. You could play 4-3-3. You can play any system you want. We even played f- uh, 3-4-3 in the second half, which was slightly better. It doesn't matter if the system is there, if it's a great system or a bad system. What matters is that players play for each other. And this bunch are not playing for each other. The best thing about today by a million miles was the performance of a centre-back who hasn't played for us for over two years, who played with his heart and went in there and took that badge and played with what it means to play for that badge. And you you saw today that Phil Jones wanted it. Yeah, Phil Jones wanted it. I can't really say that about the other 10 players out there. You know, maybe give or take De Gea. And I think this is the problem, is that people can... I think that the big issue here now, going forward, this is what I was thinking during the game, so I'll say it right outright. I think when you have an interim manager, it either works really, really well, because you get someone like Solskjaer, and he picks everyone up, and they go bang. Or you get an interim manager, and everyone goes, I'm on holiday for six months. This lot look like they're on holiday. They look like they're on holiday from back to front. It's not like... They're not good players or they can't do things. I said to you, I think, in the last podcast about being good. Well, at the moment, this lot are not good. But of course, on the kind of when you look at the the breakdown statistics and stuff, they're a decent bunch. But they're not doing it for each other. They're not running for each other. They're not covering. United's second ball retention today was awful. They weren't getting it. They're passing from the minute one, looked like it was a training ground exercise, losing the ball, flicking it, flicking it there. Do you know what it is, Haydar? They look like a bunch of players who think they should be in Champions League finals. Yeah, playing with like this kind of nonchalance and swagger to their game, but they can't pass a ball and they jog. That's them. This is Manchester United. So we're going to talk about it today and look through it and kind of break it down throughout the team. And kind of I really want to hear what our audience is. Obviously, lots of comments rolling by here uh, if you're watching the the show on YouTube live. And there's lots of problems. I think we're also going to have to talk about the Ronaldo question about can this team operate with a 36-year-old with a 34-year-old running next to him in a running system? Like what, what's Ranjik supposed to do with two old old age pensioners up front? I, well, I don't know. So I think that these are big questions for Ranjik to answer, but we will also try and answer them here today.
0: Got a comment here, Rob, from Peter saying our squad worth over four hundred million. I believe that look, that a million, a billion has been spent since Sir Alex went, and you really think where has that money gone? It's been spent 1. so badly. One point two billion. Yeah, one point two billion. So obviously, Oli Gunasarasa's rebuild was about four hundred to four hundred and ten million. Uh, Peter saying it's overrated. A rebuild is needed. Three midfielders, fullbacks, integration of youth with a focus on buying technically secure players. Uh, I absolutely agree. Look, it's really difficult because Rob, I'm look. Oli Gunnar I had to go, and I'm just going to touch on that because there's a lot of, oh, we should have kept Oli. I'm seeing that and I'm seeing others you know, sort of going at Ranyik. I agree with you on this point. Somebody mentioned this to me, actually, and they said to me that one of the worries they have about Ranyik is it's almost like the supply teacher, you know, the, the substitute teacher. Are these players going to take him seriously till the end of summer? And, and I, I don't agree with this point of view, as in. What these players might be thinking, but why should they? Because, you know, they're going to be here and Ranik's going to be gone. And that's a serious, serious problem. And that shows actually some of the the character and some of the, maybe even the mentality of some of these players. But uh, obviously Ole Gunnar had to go. That, That doesn't change anything. But what I will say, Rob, is these players also let him down. A manager that trusted them, a manager that protected them in the media, a manager that took the blame while they were allowed to Get away with it, scot-free. Ranić has come in and he's been much more direct than Oli has in his pressers and said it how it is. And these players don't like it. They were protected by far too long. See, I, don't,
1: see look, I agree with half of that because these are Ole's players. And you're right, Ole looked after them. And I think Ole realised with his, his place within the squad as the manager, he thought the best way was to do it that way. Put your arm around them all and look after them. You know, be daddy and all of that stuff. I think with Rangnick, Rangnick, as you said, is, is the schoolmaster coming in saying, right, you're doing this wrong, this wrong and this wrong. And they're all kind of going boo-hoo-hoo. Hoo. I don't think it's the manager and the connection to tactics that's the problem. I just don't think they like it. They, 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 they can't like each other, Hader. These players can't like each other because you would look after each other. Yeah, you would look after each other. You'd go out there and you'd be in the tunnel before the game pushing each other, going, right, we're going to go out there now and we're going to show people and prove them wrong. This lot don't do that. You can see they don't do that. The one player who did it today was Phil Jones, who hasn't played a game in a million years. And the rest of them is this nonchalance that runs through it from back to front. And it's nonchalance in the actual outtake of the game. You know, the, the whole idea of the game is to win it, isn't it? That's the idea. Whatever happens, play bad, play well, win the game. That's what it's about. And again, you've watched the game today of football. United have come off the pitch and they've deserved to lose. Wolves were not just better than Man United. They were about three or four times better than Man United. And do you know why they were better than Man United? Because they ran, because they worked for each other. They looked like they're playing a game of football. Man United just look like they're on a night out. They, just don't, they There's no kind of application of, of endeavour. There's nothing there that makes me think this is how it goes. And you just see it's it's the senior players. Like I I've, I've said this, I think, in our last podcast, and I've written about it, and I've talked about leadership at Man United. And again, you look at the big players. Bruno didn't play today. We know why he didn't play. Rashford didn't play. Obviously, those two guys get on the pitch. Bruno has the best chance of the game, hits the crossbar. He absolutely should score 100%. But then you've got the team being led by Ronaldo. Ronaldo's captain. Is Cristiano Ronaldo a good captain for Man United? Well, from today, you can see that there's, he's not showing any leadership qualities out there at all. He's just being Ronaldo. Cavani does a little bit of running, but when he starts from the beginning as a leader, he suffers because he hasn't got time to get into the game. You know, he, he's coming on as a substitute normally, and then he can kind of show what work rate he has. But from minute one, you can see he suffers. So it's a bad blend this lot just do not like each other. That's the kind of synopsis I've come to because this lot can do tactics. Yeah, this lot can do running and this lot can play better than what we're seeing. This isn't a kind of like rebellion. I don't think there's anything at Old Trafford where people think, oh, you know, they just, they they hate the manager and they're going to like go on strike and not do it. I just think there's, there's an apathy that runs through this collective. And I do think that we might be getting to a stage where we have to rip it up. We might be getting to that stage. Like, like as I said, I think Ranjik being a, an interim hasn't helped this because he hasn't got authority. So you can see that this lot, they're trying to make it work, but you can see they're taking too many touches. The ball's coming inside. What's Ranjik say all the time? Don't pass the ball inside. This lot pass the ball inside for fun. Every game. And I sit there going, that's weird because the manager's gone on television and said, don't do that. So I think that, you start with the senior players and you work your way down because no one is playing well, but it's just turgid. It's horrible. And I really do think that the season's done. Maybe I think the season's absolutely so done. season
0: is done. Season was done weeks but ago, Rob.
1: Is it the premier league that's done or is it like, like is the solution here? And I so said, we will talk it through. Is the solution that if Ranjit was going to be your guy anyway, and you were going to give him the job in the summer, do you give him the job now? Give him the job a hundred percent and say, Three years, rebuild, get rid of this lot and buy us a new set of players. Because I kind of feel that that's the solution at the moment. Like like Ten Hag comes in. What are you going to say to Ten Hag? What are you going to say to Pochettino when this lot comes in? These lot don't want to play. So if they don't want to play, what do you do with it? What does any manager do with it? I don't know. I think it's a confusing kind of set of circumstances. But it's not tactical. It's not tactical at all. This is not a tactical issue. This is just players playing at 60% individually and you see like they'll they'll make a little pass like a wrong pass and they won't go oh no I've made the wrong pass like you normally would they're just oh okay I'll just jog back over in position and that's how they are for 90 minutes and I I, I don't know let's see what Ranić says after the game I'm going to be really interested again to see what he says because there's no way that they're implementing the game plan but they're just not playing for each other
0: guys if you do see the comments do please drop them in if you can uh, rannick's comments in the comments just so that myself and rob can have a little read of them we will try and fish them out as the show goes on what i, what I will say rob is uh i do absolutely agree with the point of, regarding you know sort of rannick they're not taking him seriously but for me it's always about it was always going to be about i know he might not have the authority now it's always about giving the six months going to consultancy role and go and get that younger manager in my opinion there's two names that stand out Pochettino and Eric ten Hag and stick to that plan. That, in my opinion, my my biggest concern, Rob, is that we came in and we thought we saw we looked at the qualities of the players we have in this squad, and you thought, you know what, Marcus Rashford can do the pressing job. Jen Sancho is very creative. Cristiano Ronaldo will have a um, you know a player next to him, and he can focus on scoring. To be to to Cristiano Ronaldo's credit, he is working hard, Rob. The problem is he's 36 years old, and when he finally gets to touch the ball his legs are heavy. And yeah. you saw that with Cavani again today. Both of them stayed on far too long. You saw Greenwood come off. The Old Trafford faithful booed them. And when you're having a look at it as well, we you, you saw against Palace, right? It's, as you said, it's not that these players can't do it because you saw for 30 minutes against Palace. It was pretty exhilarating football. They were pressing. They're winning the ball high up. They're playing direct. I mean, look, I'm just going to read out a few things, Rob, because I've got it here in front of me from the last time we spoke about Ranić when we, he first came in. And we spoke about, you know, in possession, focused on verticality, exploiting half spaces. And we also spoke about overload, overloading the wide areas and build up the omnipresent number sixes. We saw that from Mm -hmm. McFred in the first game. We saw the split strikers drifting wide to combine in the wide areas. We saw that against Palace. We have not seen that since. So that suggests to me that they understood what Ranić wanted to do fundamentally. But if they're just choosing not to for whatever reason. And we don't know. Is it because they don't want to work hard? Is it because they think they know better? Is it because, like you said, they don't like each other in the team? I don't know. We don't know what's going on. There's something there is something going on behind the scenes at Old Trafford that we don't know about. And I think it was going on under Oli Gunnar right and it's going on under any. I'm not speculating. I don't know what it is. There's something on because something isn't right. These bunch of players up until last year with the Europa League, they were fully behind Oli. They were, you know, they were fully, you were thinking, right, United get this summer right with the, the additions they get. We're going to push on and, and go closer to the title. We are so far behind. You watched Liverpool versus Chelsea. That was just on another in a different universe to what May United are playing. The intensity, the, the quality, everything about it. The, the players understanding their roles and their systems under two very good managers in two and clock. May United are so far behind. I, I don't really know what the solution is. I mean, my I'll tell you what my solution is. Don't give Ranick the job full-time. Drop all these big name stars. Play the younger ones who what did Ranick say when he came in? Or what's his transfer sort of policy? Why does he choose younger players? They're less likely to care about the reputations. They're more likely to, you know, sort of listen to instructions. They'll do the work that, that's been asked of them, pressing, for example. We did not press. We didn't press today. We didn't press last game. We didn't press the last few games. We've seen none of that. I, I highly doubt Rannik sitting there in, in training and saying, guys, don't press. He's telling them to do it, but they're not doing it. It is absolutely crazy. And we always say, you know, you have to, you can't sack a whole squad of, what is it, 30-odd players. You can only get rid of a manager if you want change. Might not United might have to get rid of 10 of these players in the summer, Rob, and bring them in. It's actually a mess, if I'm honest with you. I, I, th-
1: I think there is a, a realisation at Manchester United that this is kind of the end of a project. So what I mean by that is that they gave Ole a lot of money, they gave him a lot of backing, and they gave him time to kind of form a squad. So he took the squad out of Mourinho's time, off went Lukaku, off went Sanchez. You know, they kind of they restructured... And they got somewhere to a certain point. Now, you said at the top of the show, you know, Ole had to go. And we make that assumption on results, don't we? But what we're seeing is that this is not a managerial issue. This is a player issue. So it doesn't matter if you've got Pochettino at the club with this lot. It doesn't matter if you've got Ten Hag with this lot. It doesn't matter if you've got Guardiola and Klopp with this lot. The problem is this lot it's this It's this blend of, of squad building. And I think the reason part of that is is that there are several members of the squad who are on their way out, we know this already, in terms of end of their contract, end of their use to Manchester United, so they're going to get shown the door. And I do think that in terms of the clicks at Manchester United, that there is some maybe some bitterness there in terms of friendships, uh, alliances and allegiances that have been built up over many years at Man United between certain players. And I think that that is reflecting in performances. But again, we're a tackle show here. We can't make too many assumptions like that because that becomes too wild. You know, it becomes like a fan channel then, doesn't it? We just kind of going, oh, this could be the this could be the theory, that could be the theory X, Y, and Z, and going along like that. We're trying to look at it tactically. I think for the rest of the show, we will do that. We'll try and look at what is going wrong from back to front because there are the shape of the team. I think is fine. Like I am looking at this four two two two. And I'm not seeing huge issues with it. It's not getting ripped apart. What's getting, what's the problem here? And what's what we're seeing repeatedly is individual mistakes all the time, nonstop, every position back to front. That is the problem. So when everyone's making a mistake, you can't carry that. Doesn't matter what system you're doing. And this is the whole point of the, the kind of. You look at the centre-backs today, you look at the full-backs, you look at the midfield with the two sixes, you look at the tens and you look at the nines at the top end. And those pairings just don't work. Like the best pairing today was Varane and Jones. Those, they they looked after. You think about how many chances that Wolves had and Wolves only won the game 1-0. You know, Wolves could have won this game two, three, four nil, but the centre-backs actually did a, a fairly decent job of blocking, of getting in the way, of, of working the ball out from the back as well. You know, they did okay. But then when you look at kind of how the midfielders worked, you know, like Matic just looks like he's 58. You know, he doesn't look his age. McTominay couldn't pass the ball at all today. Like every pass he did was wrong. You look at the top end of the pitch, you look at Mason and Jaden. I thought Mason was okay. I thought Jaden was a disaster. Jaden going out the wrong times, coming in the wrong times, passing when he shouldn't pass and when he should run with the ball, not running. It's kind of like, what are you doing? And then at the top end of the pitch, like we've touched on with Cavani and uh and with Ronaldo, I think they both just looked tired from the previous match. They started that match. And Cavani looked useless, wasn't closing down the space, wasn't setting traps. And Ronaldo was trying to work, but he can't do the work at 36. And if someone can't do the work, Haydar, the answer is that they do not play. That is it. You know, that's a bottom dollar. So I think we I, I think we might see some mad changes from Rangnick now because I think he'll be looking at this and going, well, you know, my job's on the line here as well. You know, I don't want six months to come here and look like I'm a complete you-know-what So I'm going to rip this up and do my own thing a little bit. And I think we might see more of that. But like we said as well in the last few weeks, I'm sure that he's been told by Edward Wood and all of them on the board who know so much about football, but actually know nothing that they have to play Ronaldo, that these are the key players. These are the shirt sellers and these lot have to play because that's how the commerce for Manchester United works. And you see that, I think, in the selections.
0: Roll really good comment here saying there were too many changes. There's a whole new coaching setup during the most demanding period of the season. Continuity is an issue. McKenna and Carrick staying would have helped. Really good point about one, the demanding part of the season. Look,
1: they did ask those two guys to stay, they did ask them to stay. So we must remember that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, they both want to go. Look, McKenna's taken a job and, and Carrick felt like it was time mm. to go. He was close with Ollie, and you have to respect that. And uh, you have to let these, you know, these people want to go. You have to let them go. But that would have helped. Absolutely. You think about when David Moyes was here, Rob, and obviously he ripped out the whole backroom staff. If he'd kept maybe one or two of them, uh, you know, Moyes could have could have stayed for another two, three years. And that was one of his mistakes. I'm not saying Randy's gone and done that, but continuity is very important for taking a whole team out and then bringing them in as well. That mid-season when you haven't got that time on the training All the sort of uh, pre season and and time to make changes and and time to try things out. It's very, very difficult. I mean, what I will say, Rob, is let's talk a little bit about Manchester United's starting at 11 today because we lack ball progression as a team. And when you think about Man United's best uh, ball progressors, look, Luke Shaw's up there. People don't want to hear this. Harry Maguire is up there as well in terms of ball progression. You have Paul Pogba as well. Again, people don't want to hear this. These are players that May United are playing with. That, and when you look at the squad, that the starting eleven that was out there, and you look at the squad in general, a serious lack of ball progresses. And unfortunately, Rob, you know May Knight can't play through the lines, and it's a real, real problem.
1: It is, and uh, but again, I don't really know if ball progression was a problem today. I really don't because I think just passing a ball five or ten yards, the simple part of football that every footballer should be able to do with their eyes closed in general, mainly I can't do it. So what, 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 if your ball progressing, where are you progressing the ball to? To someone else in another part of the pitch further up, but then you can't pass it anyway because you can't do five yard passes. So, you know, you, you look at the tactics and you look at kind of how it's shaped up. The reason I think why Ranić's done this kind of 4-2-2-2 is one, because it's a system that he likes. We know this, it's a red Bull system. And it also allows you to get the balls to your number 10s who are kind of in more faux winger roles, so they can go wide and they can then progress the ball. But what's the problem there? Well, you progress the ball and you've got two forwards that are not running. So what can you do? You, you can only either slip the ball in round the back and if they're not trying to break the line the strikers, which they weren't, you know, Ronaldo was in the second half a little bit more, but in the first half he wasn't. It's a problem and it's about chemistry, isn't it? And it's also about maybe those two number 10s you know, today with Jaden and, uh, and Mason being able to look at the two number nines and tell them what to do and say, you go so I can play that ball. But you're telling me that Jaden Sancho and Mason Greenwood could tell Ronaldo what to do? No. Nah doesn't work like that do you think that those two young lads can tell Cavani what to do nah because those two at the top are just going to do what the hell they want because they are who they are they're superstars so I think this is why it's all about blending and that's why at the top of the show I talked about like dudes lot even like each other because that's what it feels like it feels like there's no chemistry there there's no communication but of course that's a manager has to sort that out as weeks go on and I think what we're seeing still at this moment of time is the same issues that got on Gunnar Solskjaer sacked So we're not seeing new issues. This is not Rangnick issues. This is Manchester United issues. This is Solskjaer issues. And yet, like you said there, Ole had to go and the results were bad. So he did have to go. But I think what we're seeing now, and one of the things we've said on the Masterclass a hell of a lot, is that it's not always looked like tactical problems. It's looked like player problems. But also, like you said, you can't sell 10 players and then just buy 10 players. It doesn't happen like that. But I do think that there is a mistaken hierarchy at Man United. There are players that are too important who shouldn't be. There are younger players that may be not getting through into the team. There's a whole mix of stuff. And all I do hope is that Ranyuk in this next six months, that he does mix that up a bit. Like, like you're saying there, like I know that you're, it's not your opinion that Ranyuk should get the job full time. I know you've said that quite a lot. But I really don't believe anyone gets this right with this lot doesn't matter who you are. It could be... No, you have to be... make
0: changes, Rob. You have to you But, have to but the problem out. is you can't You
1: can't keep changing it. This is the point. I said this with Solskjaer. I said this after Mourinho. You can't just change it every year when it's wrong. It doesn't work like that. You have to look long-term and build one step at a time. And with the United team, it's like you've got all this talented collective and it's like, well, you know, it's all going wrong. So what do you do? So the first point is you get rid of the manager. Then you go and you get rid of your two old players. And then you kind of look at your midfield. You go, well, Donny van der Beek, the place so we will get rid of him Jess Lingard doesn't want to say, let's get rid of him. Oh, Matic's got no legs anymore. Get rid of him. You can't do it like that. It doesn't work like FIFA. It has to be progressive. And if you're going to come in and you're going to give the job to Ten Hag, Ten Hag to rebuild Manchester United after being at Ajax, not, I don't know if he can do it. It's a really, really tough job. You need... Elite experience of doing that to be able to do it. I think Pochettino might be more suited because he has done rebuilds. So he did it at Southampton, he did it at Tottenham. He understands the the method of the rebuild. You know, he'll go with unfashionable players. I'm not sure Ten Hag is the person to do that. But I do think Ranjik is someone who builds clubs. And we need a manager long term in in a full time capacity, not as an interim. To build the club again and hopefully with Ed Woodward out the door, or not at least running the, the club himself, and maybe Richard Arnold might listen to a manager who's got director of football experience like Ranick, that you might be able to redo it. I, I'm not saying 100% sure, but I think that in this summer transfer window that United just had, where we brought Ronaldo in, that was the start of this. What we're seeing now, this kind of lack of harmony, lack of cohesion. They got to a European final, they got second in the league, and then they all jumped off a cliff together. Mm. And it's the end, and they're all dead. And that's how this field, this team feels. I watched the team today, Haydar. It's like watching dead men walking. Look, It looks like everyone looks completely out of their depth. No one knows what they're doing. They can play the system, but they can't make a pass. And I think that's how Ranić must feel. Like It would be so good to hear his comments now. We'll, we'll look out for them as they drop. But he must feel that. He must think, this is a talented bunch of players who just can't pass the ball. So what can I do?
0: I mean, what more can you really add to that? There's a good uh, good comment here from Dark Saber saying, it's kind of reached the point where players are the main issue, all coaches struggling, no chemistry between the players other than Ronaldo or Bruno. I want to actually pick up on that because there actually is no chemistry between Ronaldo and Bruno. I want to talk about the lack of chemistry between Ronaldo and Bruno because... Bruno Fernandes came to this club. Oli brought him in in that January, and he absolutely almost turned everything around for Man United, didn't he? Rob, United were yeah. so mm-hmm. uncreative, and he and he look most goals for United, most assists for United in the calendar year. I believe he's up there as one of the most creative and most most effective, um, mm-hmm. you know, midfielders in Europe in terms of his goals and assists. I mean, he's, he's putting up unbelievable numbers. There's no. No surprise, Rob, and there's there is no coincidence that as soon as Bruno Fernandez's form was dropped, so did Man United's, and eventually, obviously, mm. Oli lost his job. Man United need to find a way now to get the the best out of Bruno Fernandes. and that's not to say that Bruno Fernandez isn't also culpable for his performances. He's been atrocious, yeah. Rob, as well. That's not to say he isn't, but you, you know the comment here saying yeah, Bruno and uh, Ronaldo can't play together. No, lots of proof from Portugal. I was prepared to see how it would work with Man United and how it worked with his squad, but it hasn't worked, Rob. Oli tried it, it, didn't work. Rannick's trying it, it's not really working. Yes, they find each other at times, you know. They were doing that earlier in, in the beginning of the season under Oli, goals and assists with each other. They can because they both got that quality. But it's one or the other now, Rob. And you've you got to think, what's, what should United do? And there's going to be a whole load of people that say, no, you've got to do Ronaldo. Ronaldo is, and you know, one of the greatest players of all time. He's not, he's not that player anymore. Or do you go with Bruno Fernandes, who's the younger one, who you can build this team around a little bit more? It's a serious problem. And the problem is that, so you look at last season, when United obviously came second in the league, there were still issues, by the way. I think, you know, United went perfect last season, but there were partnerships and there were combinations. You had the Maguire and Shaw on that left-hand side of defence. You had uh, obviously McFred in midfield, not the best, but they still did, did, did the job. You know, you had Pogba on that left-hand side. You had Rashford as well. He was on that left-hand side. You know, whoever was playing with Shaw on the left-hand side had a nice understanding. We saw how progressive Shaw was. Obviously, you saw as well Cavani came in. United and Bruno Fernandes as well was playing. We had Martial. Obviously, he didn't play much. But, you know, you had combinations and players comfortable in knowing their roles. What's happened this season, obviously, is that it's disjointed across the pitch. You know, Shaw's Shaw's form dropped. Maguire's form has gone completely off a cliff. Varane's come in. He's new. Wan-Bissaka hasn't developed. The midfield is a problem. McFred play, but still look. We know their limitations in quality. Bruno Fernandez isn't playing anywhere near his level. That left hand side, which was so pivotal last season in terms of all the United United's attacks coming down the left-hand side, none is existent now. Rashford's dropped off. Pog was been injured. He started very well this season. We've got Ronaldo up top now. That right hand side, we saw Mason have a good start. No cohesion with whoever's playing behind him. Dallos come in and had a good, few good games. Sancho's obviously come in and he's he's taking time to adjust everywhere from back to front, from one to 11, has been disjointed barring David De Gea. They've all dropped in form. So there's no surprise that United look a mid-table side.
1: Do we even look mid-table? I don't know. We don't look like anything, do we? We don't look like a football team. I'll repeat what I said at the start of the season and I'm going to stick by it because I believed it then and I believe it now. And I think that this is kind of the key, the fundamental issue to everything that's gone wrong at Man United this season was about 433 rashford sancho and greenwood that was what the progression of this team demanded it demanded that you put the hands of this club in those three youngsters three three youngsters who I would say at least two of the three, you would say, are on the, on the verge of being world-class or getting there. And the third is put, was putting up big numbers last year and has leadership qualities to his game. And you were, you were looking at a team that could play 4-3-3, something in the same style that Liverpool play, three raiding forwards, a push-up high, with a, a functional midfield behind. And Liverpool have proved that you can play that system, you can press, you can get at teams, you can hurt teams, you can win titles. Man United could have done that this year. If they hadn't bought Cristiano Ronaldo. Right. So this is the bottom dollar. So this is why I always get the whole you hate Ronaldo stuff. And obviously I don't hate Ronaldo at all. And, and even yourself, Hader, someone who loves Cristiano and, you know, worships the guy and absolutely was, you know, more cock a than anyone I knew about him coming back to the football club. Even you can see now 20 games into the season. That's all it is. When he's 20 games in, how destructive it has been for the squad. Because it has ruined this squad. There's no doubt about it. So, like, you're looking at every position there. Like you said there, Luke Shaw. We go through them all individual. what you just said there. Luke Shaw, first game of the season against Leeds, got injured, then got two concussions. So, I think you can give him a pass. I think you really can. You know, that's that's not great. Uh, Harry Maguire was injured uh, before the start of the season, played all through the Euros, and just looks like a man lost. Like, Phil Jones played better today than the Maguire has for the last six months. That's confusing. You look at that and you think, that's not great. You then go through the midfield. We talked about McFred and stuff. They're never going to get better. They just, they are what they are. But then you look at the key pl- key parts of the pitch. Sancho's never settled since he came to the football club. They've not been able to find a place for him really yet. I still got great faith in him. But from being in this 4-3-3, which I'm sure he would have been sold, he'd have been told that's what United wanted to do because that was what United did want to do. And then suddenly he was going to wear the number seven, wasn't he? Yeah, he was going to be the number seven. Suddenly... Mate, you're not wearing a number seven. In fact, Cavani, you're not wearing a number seven even more. We're giving it to him. So these things create disharmony. They do. It's what it is. It's the workplace. You go further up the pitch, and I think when you look at Ronaldo and Bruno, we said again at the start of the season, Ronaldo and Bruno have never played well for Portugal together, ever. And every time they play together, Bruno gets substituted every time. It's not a one-off. It happens every time. So I think that here we go now looking at this. What should United do? United should bring a coach back in, whether it be Ranić or someone else that says this football club is going to be about 4-3-3 and it's going to be about Marcus Rashford. It's going to be about that boy up top, Mason Greenwood. And it's going to be about Jadon Sancho. And we build this football club around the foundations that we wanted to build them around six months ago. But then what happened? We got the best shirt seller of all time. He used to wear this shirt and it all changed. I don't, want a diss cristiano at all this is not a kind of bash cristiano moment he's 36 he's old We're playing in the premier league at 36 is tough for anyone because you've got to run like a dog and he can't run so he should be off playing for miami in the mls or somewhere else that's that's his life that's where he should be at 36 he shouldn't be trying to run crazy around old trafford in the freezing cold wet and rain it's just not really what he should be doing Credit to him. He came back. He wanted to prove something. He's unfortunately going to leave without proving it. That's just how it is. And I think that that connection between him and Bruno is not just a problem, but it's actually one of the directing factors. And the directing factor is this, and that is that you keep Bruno Fernandes because he's worth a lot more than Cristiano to you. And unfortunately, you have to move out the striker. And that's just the way it is.
0: I well, mean, look, the, the first area, Rob, that may not need to address is that midfield. We know this already. You know, I can't control a game. We see that week in, week out. You can't control a game. Can't dictate the tempo of a match. Can't, uh, you know, can't help, hurt opposition. It's a real, real problem. And then you're looking at other areas, Rob look we'll talk obviously it's january transfer window and we'll do a couple more podcast guys as well we'll do a couple of player analysis sort of ones as well the players have been linked to may night so if you do have any requests as well do chuck them in the comments and we will we will have a look at them but rob we will do what we will be talking about what may night need don't we because may night have got some big deficiencies in the squad but sort of uh let's move on to ran rob and i do want to talk about some of the comments he's actually made so thanks guys for chucking the comments in so Ranik said, we didn't play well at, at all, neither individually or collectively. In the first mm-hmm. half, we had big problems. We can only improve if we work collectively. I won't be speaking about individual errors and performances. So look, Ranik always says the right things. All right, there's another comment here as well, saying they are playing with four out of five. Oh, this was Chris Winterburn, actually. So uh, they're playing with uh, four or five central midfielders, and we couldn't control that side of the pitch. We were struggling when they released the backs. So, no, Chris was the one that actually tweeted that. Mm-hmm. Look, it was uh, it was disastrous. I have Rob. I have faith, though, that Ranick knows exactly what the issues are because yeah. he, he he's every single presser. He says it how it is. And but this is a thing, you know. I, that's why I've been saying, you know, obviously Oli. I wasn't confident that he knew what the issues were because we were hearing the same sort of regurgitated, uh, in my opinion, nonsense in the press, you know, and it wasn't getting straight to the point. Ranick knows exactly what the issues are, but. Ultimately he doesn't have the tools in this squad. he didn't have the tools in the squad either to fix these problems. So yeah, you know what what does what can Ranyak do? I mean, what Ranyak can do essentially is go into the market now and and try and find some value and try and find players that can almost plug a gap because you're not gonna go and get your top targets in January, are you? That's really all he can do, or he completely goes. I was saying at half time that 4-2-2-2 two, two, two is not working, go 4 three, three, take off one of Cavani and Ronaldo. You know, sort of match them in midfield, win the midfield battle, bring Fred on as well, and then and then build from there. Four three three is what Man United should be playing eventually, but right now they can't do that with that midfield. It's, you, it's a serious yeah. problem.
1: You couldn't play four three three today, Haydar The reason why you couldn't play it is that they were playing wing back system. So if you play four three three and set traps and do it that way, so you say you set the trap on the left. Their wing-backs are so high up the pitch, they just pass through that side of the trap and you're away. So the midfield becomes non-existent. Now, as it turned out, playing four-two-two-two, the midfield was non-existent anyway. But the, the reason the, re- the midfield was non-existent is because we couldn't pass the ball. So it, like we, we talk about pressing and we talk about traps and we talk about kind of the intricacies of what you should be doing. When we saw the last match, we saw that at times United were trying to do that. They we were trying to set traps. They were trying to bring the ball to one side. What you saw with Wolves today was they just said to Samedo, right, you go and live up that end of the pitch. You drag um, the fullback with you. So you go and drive, um whoever, whichever side you're on, you either drag wan that way or Shaw that way. And then we've stretched that part of the trap. They can't press us. So what happened? Man United couldn't press. So today that's what that was about Wolves won that battle on the football pitch. So I think we played 4-3-3 we would still lost the game. Um it's not a test what I'm saying it's not a tactical issue. This is about players doing the work and then defeating the opponent in the work. That's how it has to be. You have to outwork them. Uh, so so this is the whole thing with Ranyuk and what he was just saying there. There's still a lot of learning to be done. And we're on what, game five or six of Ranyuk's tenure? So it feels like every game is like 100 years. <laughs> every time we do it, it feels like 700 years of this. It's not. It's only actually been seven minutes because of the COVID issues and all of these things. But I do think, I like just said there, Ranyuk possibly could go into the transfer market. That's a way of solving it. No, I don't believe that either, because I think if you bring new players and you have to integrate them anyway, it takes time. And and generally, players that come in in January find it difficult to integrate mid-season, certainly in a COVID season. What you need to do is find an 11 in your club that can do it. That's what you have to do. Just 11 out of 30. Go and get 11 players in your club that can do it. Now, looking at today, I think David De Gea is all right with one of them. I think Luke Shaw is right with one of them. I think wan can do it, but can't cross a ball, so that's still a problem. I think you can, even now, maybe even start Phil Jones. So Phil Jones... Yeah, plays I, like I he,
0: actually think you probably could, Rob. Like if Phil Jones plays
1: with the yeah, if Phil Jones plays with the heart and application that he did today, and he can stay fit, Phil Jones plays. It's simple as that. It's crazy, isn't it? Here we are, a week on. But no one would have said that yesterday, and here we are, one day on. We're going Phil Jones, captain, and back in the England squad. No, but the, the point is, you got Phil Jones, and I think Varan today showed signs that he's getting fitter. So there's your back four and your and your goalkeeper, midfield. Scott McTominay can run, but he's having problems passing the ball. You look at Fred, Fred has been good up until recently, but his form has definitely fallen away, there's no doubt about it. And Matic has huge limitations. So, who have you got? You've got a bloke called Paul Pogba. So, you've got to get Paul Pogba back, back into that side. So, you, yep, get Paul Pogba. you get Paul Pogba back in, but you've also got a guy called Hannibal. Yeah. So, Hannibal's going to be at the African nations. And when he gets back, you fast track him into this team. You get him in this team somehow, you find a way of getting him into a system that works for him. doesn't mean he has to play as a six, but it just means about having a better collective of midfielders. Then you look at going further up the pitch. I think Bruno can do it, but Bruno's had some kind of crisis with Ronaldo. There's no doubt about it. Ronaldo's come to the club. Bruno's lost his heart and soul. That has to be addressed. I think Mason is okay. I think Jaden will be okay. And I think Marcus needs to be rotated in and out a bit more, which we're seeing. So Marcus is not playing every game. And I think that's a good thing for him. But then you look at the top end of the pitch and you're looking at strikers and we've got a problem. So Cavani is gone. End of the season. I think Cavani would like to go today if he could, because he's got other offers, but he's been told he has to stay. And then you've got Cristiano Ronaldo, who's on £25 million a year. It's a lot of money. Yeah. And United have to find a way of either getting out of that contract or let Cristiano play, which is kind of seems to be the mandate. You have did a show, obviously, for a masterclass on uh, someone like Julian uh, Alvarez, and he is kind of the solution to this. Yeah, you need someone who can do that 9 and 10 role, who can not just work with the ball, but can work off the ball and can add some leadership in there in his own game, taking responsibility for his game. And River Plate are a massive club. Like I don't say this much. But obviously, Man United are my team. But my other team are River and have been my whole life. So, you know, i follow River for years and years and years in Argentina and Argentinian football. And, and that is a huge club to be leading at 21. He can do it at Man United. Now, I'm not saying he's the overall answer to everything. But it's the start, isn't it? This is what we have to do in January. Out goes Martial. Out goes Lingard. Matic eventually, matter gone. You can, you can reel them off, can't you? There's so many of them. Van der Bates probably finished. You know, Ronaldo would now be part of that. Cavani would be part of that. This is like half the team gone, like like that. We're talking about real eradication. It feels like some Marvel event where you get rid of all the superheroes in one big light phase. push, and they've all gone and they've all died. It can't be like that. We have to build it properly, but it starts in the January transfer window. So I think... He's a good option from River Plate, but at the same time, then you've got to look through it. You've got to find yourself a midfielder, Declan Rice. You know, do you say to Declan Rice, we'll make you the highest paid player in the world because we need you? Yeah. You're not the best player in the world, but we're going to pay 100 million for you, like we did for Harry Maguire once, so not so long ago. You know, that is unfortunately United are going to have to be aggressive to rebuild this team because I do feel now it's starting to look like a full rebuild rather than just let's tweak it. And oh, stick him it with is a full in.
0: rebuild, Rob. Yeah, it's Ronaldo will get you 50
1: rebuild. goals. Yeah, Ronaldo will get you 50 goals. So that's all right. We'll be all right. Then. No, it's not all right. You have to start from back to front. It's a holistic build and you've got to look at every position. But we have still got 11, I think, that you can put out in the next game that Ranjit can work with. I don't think it's a completely rotten lot. I just think that, that half of it is rotten, which is bad enough.
0: Oh look, it only takes one one rotten Some of the you know, comments are brilliant fruit. by the
1: way. Some I'm not looking at the comments here, sorry. Some of the comments here from from our viewers are absolutely brilliant and really erudite and spot on because they're in they're real intelligent comments in here and and I think people get it. I don't I don't think people that watch our show Haydar, you know, they're mm-hmm. not looking for the shouty screaming side of it. They're looking no. for 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 reasons and solutions. And there are going to be reasons and solutions just that they're all going to hurt. All of these solutions are not nice, comfortable ones. They're ones where we're going to have to say goodbye to players that we want to play, to systems that we like but don't see, and maybe even managers. And this is what's happened with the I, – I, that's why I sympathise for the people that love and the Solskjaer. You know, I was fine with seeing him go at that point. I think it was the right decision. But I get why people are upset because these players are not proving that Ole was the problem. They're not. They're proving they're the problem.
0: Good comment here. Uh, it's from Luke Shaw So after the game. Hmm. He says this, Rob. This is absolutely absolute what you were saying early on. I didn't feel when I was on the pitch that we were all there together. That is that is damning. That is absolute hmm. damning. And then here's another comment from Shaw saying one thing. I will say is Phil Jones should be proud of himself. Has been criticised for years. Has gone through a lot, but he's so professional. Has trained her. He has trained hard, and he was phenomenal. There's one thing about Luke Shaw, Rob, and I will give him huge credit for. I mean, look, I'm a, I'm a Luke Shaw fan, and may not. Have, need to get him me too. Playing, playing to the level that he was last season. He's so dynamic. He's so creative. He's so progressive. He's one of Man United's best players. He's not fashionable, but uh, United's team completely falls off a cliff when he doesn't play or plays to his potential. One thing about him, though, is every time when Man United do have a bad loss, and I won't, and, and I don't see this from Maguire, Rob, I know he's a captain of Man United, but I don't see, and he almost epitomizes this bunch of players because for me, that's what the captain does. The captain is a representation of the manager on the pitch. Now, obviously, yeah. Maguire was Oli's choice. But I, when I hear Maguire speak, I don't see someone that is pulling people up and adjusting. Look, this is just my opinion. Look, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes. But would Roy Keane have, have taken, you know, the sorts of things that go on? Would Rooney have done that? Would Rio, would Vidic? None of these players, even back in the day, would Robo have done that? No, they wouldn't. And when I do see Luke Shaw come out and speak so truthfully and, and says it how it is, and I don't see our captain doing that. And this problem, as you mentioned, I don't think it's a tactical issue as we have mentioned throughout this show, I don't think that we've got the right mentalities in that squad to say, to, to say that, you know, these are a bunch of players that can go and win a title. And I also don't think we, that we've got the right, you know, back in the day under Sir Alex, he had four or five players that would police that dressing room, wouldn't he? Who are those players in this dressing room? And I, I love Ronaldo. I love his mentality. But it's me, me, me with Ronaldo. It's about his accolades. I don't think he's one of those that's putting an arm around player, in my opinion. We look at the other players. Look, Varane, Varane's obviously come in. He's won a shed load. Maguire's our captain he's not in my opinion the right choice to be captain David De Gea has been in that dressing room again not the most vocal is he Bruno Fernandes can be petulant when he doesn't get his way or when things aren't going well for him Paul Pog was very very popular but again doesn't want to be at the club let's be honest you know he's he is possibly angling for a move away where are those leaders standing up and and really driving these young players forward and setting the standard there isn't and that's a problem so now what do you do do you almost break that as you said or do you try and find a solution to it it's very very difficult for whichever manager does come in
1: but I think we should talk about what is modern leadership because you, you kind of reeled off a load of old players there that used to do old school leadership and that's just not what leadership is today and it's not what I'm talking about either you know when talking about being a leader I'm first of all talking about taking responsibility for your own game Yeah, so I don't care if you're Cristiano with 800 goals or whether you're Aaron Wan-Bissaka. I'm talking about you as a player taking your responsibility to going to do your job to the best of your ability without fail. Yeah, it doesn't matter what anyone else does. Do what you do. You don't need someone like Roy Keane next year pulling your shirt next and pulling you that way and the other. That style of leadership has gone. Look at Liverpool's dressing room. Look at Manchester City's dressing room yet yeah. these are a bunch of talented players in both those dressing rooms there is no real shouters and screamers there isn't that's not how it operates it operates on professionalism so you look at Liverpool they've got a front three who are relatively quiet but are just brilliant go and do their job Salah, Mane and Firmino or in this case now Jota, obviously moving there the one player that may be in that squad or two players who are the kind of leaders are Henderson obviously the captain and Van Dyke. But Van Dyke doesn't say boo to a goose. Van Dyke, you wouldn't hear him at the back of my room here because he's so quiet. He's not really a shout or a screamer either. He leads by example. You need players that lead by example. This is what I'm talking about. Manchester City, look at what they've got. Look at the transition from, say, the Vincent company years where he was the captain to where they are now. They don't really need a captain because the leadership comes from within. So Fernandinho is kind of the captain de facto of the football club. But no one really cares if he's there or not. He's just part of what they do. So, this is what Man United need to become, Haydar. They need to become that. We cannot be, you know, superstar destination arrival. This is the problem with Man United. We are all about selling shirts and the commerce. And this is why we signed Ronaldo. So, if we were a proper football team, what we would have done with Ole and given Ole what he needed was we would have gone Jaden, Marcus, and up front Mark uh, Mason. And do you know what we're going to do? We're going to buy you a midfielder. Yeah, we're going to buy you the midfielder that you need. And do you know what? We might need a centre-back. and We might need a right-back. So we'll b- go and buy for those positions. We didn't really. We got Varan, And Varan was a really good signing. I still think Varan will be a good signing. We got Jaden. I still think Jaden will be a really good signing in years to come. But I think the Ronaldo thing, it's, it's over. This project is over. The Ronaldo project is dead after 20 games. Now you have to negotiate a way out of that. So United fans, again, you're going to get it on Twitter. You're going to get a load of United fans who love Ronaldo. Viva Ronaldo, they will not have it. They will want everyone else sold first. They want Ranić sacked tomorrow night. And it's all about Cristiano. And it cannot be. because That's not how you build football clubs. And I think when you look at United now, there are problem positions. But I think you kind of got to be a little bit more, kind of you got to dissect around it. Because I think there's a part of the dressing room that needs to be cut out. So as we we're just saying, there, there's maybe several players who are part of clicks, and you've got to kind of remove those clicks now. Like you know, they said recently about there's our oh, United players. They want to see Donny Van der Beek get on and play well, and all of this. Really, do you want Donny to take your place in the team? Because that's really what we're saying. Because if you are not doing it, Donny's going to get one of these problem positions, isn't he? Either in midfield or up the top, or playing as a ten. So Bruno, you want Donny to play, but that means you're not going to play, mate. So I don't believe that either. You see, I think that's a lot of posturing and a bit of kind of like <laughs> you know, and that's kind of you hear that kind of rubbish that comes out of football clubs. You hear it quite a lot. Um, I think it's more about individuals. I think those individuals have to step up. I would not be surprised that if Cristiano left the football club at the end of the season, that magic and behold, Bruno Fernandez from last year suddenly turns up, and we're like, oh. Bruno's world-class again. Bruno's getting world-class numbers, 20 goals, 20 assists. This year, I think it's going to be really hard for him to play with those two strikers that we saw today. When he came on the pitch, give him some credit. He came on the pitch today. I think he had a positive impact. He played in the half space. So he wasn't directly as a 10. He wasn't really kind of behind the strikers, but then they kind of played a 3-4-3 and he went up top with them. And, it wasn't a press because they were knackered. They weren't going to press in the last 20 minutes, but it was a better shape. And I think Ranjit was trying to find his way around that because um, Wolves' fullbacks were just killing us. The wingbacks, they were so high up and United were just couldn't cope with it. They couldn't cope with the duels. One or two passes, midfield beaten, they're on us. And I think Bruno came on and at least we looked like we might get a goal, obviously hit the crossbar. So, there's something there to work with, with Bruno Fernandes. And I still think that if you choose Bruno or Cristiano, for me, there's only one choice. And that is that you go with the guy that elevated you last year to second in the league in the European final, because he's the younger talent and he's the guy who, I think he still wants it. I look at Bruno, I think he's that kind of guy. I think he come to Man United to win stuff. I think Cristiano did as well, but I just think that the chemistry of it just does not
0: work. Look, when Bruno came on, Rob, things started to happen. United started to actually create chances. I mean, four four shots in that first half is uh, is abysmal. But against uh, fifteen, though, that's what the problem is. Like you get four and they get fifteen.
1: You get zero corners and they get six. It's like what? They are horrific stats, and it 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 was just Wolves deserve to win the game. The stats say it, and and the eye test says it. You know, they were the better team.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And that was Wolves's most. uh, Chances or shots they've had in the first half of Premier League game ever at Old Trafford. I mean that that let that sink in. But look, let's just sort of finish now. Last couple of minutes. Uh, final word. I mean, where where do we really go from here? I'm sitting over here and I, I'm actually quite happy United aren't playing for a while. I know they've got that uh, game <laughs> yeah. against Brentford. Hopefully, it's not going to be put for you know for this week or whatever because it'd be nice to have a little bit of a break for May night. It's not been a an enjoyable sort of uh, month. And look, it's difficult for Ranik. I'm not going to sit here and go and have have a go at Ranik because he's not. He's been in the job two months. Well, not even, not not three years like we did under Oli, and that's why the standard was different under Oli. But he does have to make some big decisions. He he obviously dropped Bruno today, and, and Rashford was sitting on the bench. He's got to do it now with a couple of these other bigger players. So, you know, what does Ranik do from here? He's got a, he's got about two weeks, hasn't he, now till our next game, most likely. So, or about ten days, and uh, he's got to spend time on that training ground. It's it's really really difficult. It's a really difficult situation for Man United when the players clearly are showing that they are a huge, huge part of the problem that we've seen at this club.
1: Well, every manager uh, and every coach knows that they are 100% um, judged on results. So they all know this. So when results are bad or you get a bad result, you expect the flack that comes with it. So I don't think Ranić we'll be worried tonight that he lost and might get kind of criticised or where do we go from here? I think Ranyik will just carry on the job. Ranjik has been teaching these guys what he wants and that will continue. And it's now up to Ranjik to try and find a way to get back on the right side of not losing games because that's really what it's about to start off with. You know, you've got to get to a point where you might look terrible, but you've got to make sure you're getting results. Um, again, I will say this because we've said it a lot and I still think it holds true again. And that is, we said we might see some really stinking performances. We said this because you're getting the managers coming in to tell a bunch of players that don't run that they've got to run. Yeah, so you're telling a bunch of joggers who jogged under Oligon and Solskjaer and they jogged a lot and they jogged today that you've got to run more. Now, that's tough. Now, I think I read in the comments that someone put there... um, it Can it be the case that players, when they train really hard, that the enjoyment factor comes out of the game for them? And it is 100%. I've spoken to players in the past that have said that, that some managers train you so tough that when you get to the day of the game, you've kind of lost it. You've given it all in training and you're empty. And that turns into your performances. Now, I'm not 100% sure that that's what we're seeing. I think it's more, we're saying this about chemistry and the issues that, that were here before, Ranić. But there is a little bit of that. You know, I think I wonder if this lot can run game after game after game after game. Now, if they can't, unfortunately, you're going to have to use your bench a lot more, and that might weaken you in terms of quality. So that's the problem. So I think that between now and the next game, that's what Ranić has to figure out. He has to figure out an 11 that in the next match gives him pressing, gives him energy, gives him ball retention, gives him um, extra kind of space in the half spaces behind that attack but also then unlocks teams and you saw today man united they couldn't unlock wolves if you if you like gave them the manual to read and kind of just do it step by step they were never going to do that today you can have cristiano ronaldo up front and you are not going to score just what it is so you must find a way to do that better and the transfer windows open so we might see something that shocks people or surprises people um I think that some of the the links that Man United have been linked to are are fairly credible. You know, it is agent talk. We know that agents will talk now and try and ham up their prized assets and and move them on. But Man United are looking at players and they do need to get someone in just to help spice it up a little bit in the same way that Bruno did. So when we got Bruno from Sporting Lisbon, he spiced it up. He kind of just put United to another level in terms of the energy. And you might need a player that does that. But it might mean that you forsake someone, like someone that you don't want to. Like I would not be surprised if we see an expediated exit for someone like Cavani or Ronaldo. I really would not be surprised because they do not work in your team to make you win. They're they're great superstars and we know Cavani can run. But I don't think Cavani can run every game. And if you can't run every game, then you've got a problem. So you've got to find solutions. So so for Ranić, it's about that. get on the training pitch and this little two week grace period, Like I know the FA Cup's in the middle and whatnot, but, you know, he, he, for the FA Cup, he'll probably make 11 changes, like, so he'll give certain players rest and he'll try and bring them out the firing line and put in some of the young players. Um, and that might be a good thing because he might then stumble over one or two that he could then slot into his first team. Look at Phil Jones. That is a nice mistake today. Yeah, you've put Phil Jones in because Harry Maguire can't play. And Phil Jones probably had the best performance at centre-back that we've seen this season of any centre-back. So I'm not saying that Phil Jones is your long-term answer, but Phil Jones might be your answer for the next two or three or four or five or six weeks. And he might help you actually win games rather than lose them.
0: Guys, thanks so much for all your comments today. Some really, really good ones. It's a really difficult result to take, and this look—it's not the first time United have performed badly over the last, uh, well, let's say, four or five weeks. And uh, look, we'll we'll get there. Hopefully, um, look, keep the faith, keep the positivity, and stick with Ranik.
1: Like, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm high on him. Like, I've got do you know, I've got loads of tweets I saw just probably going on there of people going, "You wanted Ranyik, this is your fault." Like, like yeah. I, I like I hire the manager. You know, and the whole point of it is, is that we do a tactical show and we talk tactics and we can see that what's going on at Man United at the moment is not a tactical issue. So it's really hard for a tactician to fix that. But it is Ranjik's job. His job is to fix it. And if he doesn't fix it in six months, he will be gone. We know this. It doesn't matter if he's a consultant or whatever. He'll be back to Red Bull doing what he does. And I think this is what worries me, that this bunch of players might lose us the best tactical coach we've ever had since Fergie and might ever have in the next 20 years because he is a tactician, but they've got to actually run. If you don't run, it's not worth having any kind of manager, is it? And I think that's probably, you know, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I think it's probably sat at home in Norway thinking something similar, thinking, well, I couldn't get the best out of this lot, but I tried it. I tried to do it the way that I thought was the best way of trying to look after them and protect them and all of that. Maybe he should have, you know, set them on fire a long time ago. Maybe yeah, he yeah. should have stamped his feet and said, I don't want Cristiano. You know, he should have done that. He should have said, I want my three young guys up top, which is what my my plan was. So I think when you look at all of those things, it's not always the manager. It's sometimes the player. And for me, it feels like this is a, an acute player issue at Manchester United and it needs to be solved through transfer windows, but it also needs to be solved immediately because you can't just keep losing matches.
0: Absolutely. Guys, as always, give us a follow on at TF Masterclass. Give myself a follow on at Hayda underscore Rob Barney. And Rob Follin at underscore Rob underscore B. Make sure you check out the uh, Julian Alvarez podcast as well I did with Simon Edwards. Really fantastic insight. He looks like a really, very, really very good player. It's not a Moises Caicedo situation like a lot of people think it is. There's genuine interest from Man United. Rob, do you want to give us sort of a little, uh, little will. minute or so on him?
1: Oh, just very, very quickly because I know I touched on him before. Um, he is the type of player that if you look at Harland for next year and year and the year after, and and that's your plan to restructure your attack, and you think Harland's the one, then fine, go and get Harland. But Haaland's going to be difficult. So I still think Man United are in with Harland. Like I know, you, like you've said a few times, you don't think that. But from my opinion and my side of the coin here, I think that they are still very much in there with it. Real Madrid and Barcelona can posture until they're blue in the face, but they're both skint. They haven't got the money that they used to have, where they could just go and blow teams away with offers. They haven't got it. Women United, I think when you look at it, I think in terms of a type of player that you need, someone who... Joins the attack together, but also gets goals and assists. He's almost like a forward-thinking Bruno Fernandes, almost like a forward line player who can be a nine and a ten and influence lots of parts of the pitch. And he can play left, right, central, deeper, forward line players, a nine, last shoulder man. You can kind of do them all. He's really good, and he is going to be a superstar. Right in the next two or three years, wherever he goes, whether it be Man United, Inter Milan, Barcelona, Real Madrid, wherever he ends up. He is going to be a huge superstar. I think by the time of 23, he will be one of the best players on the planet. So that's, I'm giving you a two-year spell there. Wouldn't it be nice if we hit the two years was at our place? Yeah, if you, if you really can't work with Ronaldo as it is now and you know that Cavani will leave the football club, go and bring someone that's going to help Mason Greenwood. Go and get a striker that's really going to help Mason be the best player he can be in the forward line. And then do you know what? If you go and get Haaland as well on top, you're laughing, aren't you? Because you then got two players who could be generational talent. So I think that's the first and that's kind of the way for United fans to look at this is that if he does become available and we know that he is and that he will come to Europe in January, we're almost 100% sure that that's going to happen. Let's hope it is Manchester United. He might not be a superstar that you want on the back of your shirt. I guarantee you within a year you'll be buying his shirt and Man United will be selling it to you.
0: Absolutely. Look, he's uh, extremely highly rated. He is the number one Argentine striker at such a young age. Rob. how old is he? 18, 19, I think
1: he is. Yeah, do you know he kind um, of reminds me like we talked about. But but he reminds me in the top in the pitch like of Agu- like when I first saw Aguero, Aguero. which was when yeah. I saw Aguero before he ended up obviously at Atletico, and and he could do lots of different things. He had this, he had this assurance about his game even when he was a kid. And you were like, yeah, he's going to be a superstar. And when he went to Man City, I was gutted. I was like, oh, we should come to Man United.
0: David Silva, Aguero, Tucson. David
1: Silva, the whole load, load of them that, that City obviously yeah, went yeah, after. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, yeah I, I'm really surprised that Alvarez has not been linked to Manchester City because he kind of would fit them. Like, yeah, and so they need perfectly. a striker, don't they? And they've just so... sold, they've just sold Ferran Torres for like 50, 60 million. and they only have to pay after that to go and get this guy. So he would almost fit Pep almost perfectly, but City seem to not be on the radar for whatever reason. Might be because they're going to go and get some. Guy from Borussia Dortmund in six months might be the case, but if Man United are looking for a striker, then go and do it now. Go get this young lad, and you can just palm off Anthony Martial. You know, I think the 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 usefulness of Anthony is done. You get what you can for him, get him out the club, and his wage pays for his wage, kind of quite simple, no doubt about it. And then you give him minutes, you give him time, you get him to give him six months this year to to get acclimatised to the football at Manchester United and you try and find a new way. Because I think that's what's important now. Like you said, Ranić with a young manager. It won't be that. It's either going to be Ranić on his own doing it and or it's going to be Ranić not in the football club. You say goodbye to Ranyik with a new coach, under Merto, that's what it will be, one of those two things. And at the moment, I still don't feel completely convinced by the candidates out there, even though there are good candidates. I think Ten Hag's a great coach. I think that Mocchin um, is a great coach. we talked about them ex- extensively. I still think that you need some experience in there, someone who's built football clubs. And those two guys have done a little bit, especially Poch. But I think mean, Ranjik's a guy, I think, you know, you talk to Jürgen Klopp, Jürgen Klopp would be telling you that. Jürgen Klopp would be saying, give the job to Ranić, but he's not saying that. And there's a reason why he doesn't want that. He doesn't want Ranyik at Man United. And he's kind of hinted at that because that would mean that Man United has suddenly got a foot up.
0: Absolutely. And guys, look, not the start we wanted for 2022, but uh, look, it surely can't get any worse, can it? Have a fantastic evening. We'll see you all next time.
1: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.